Ooh. Hello and welcome to a very spooky episode of Downtime the Podcast. We're going to be talking about horror games and the scariest thing of all, cash grab sequels. Hey everybody, I'm Billy Nuttle. I'm Hunter Hannon. Hunter, how you been? I've been great, other than it's cold outside. It is very cold outside. Too cold. Happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween back to you. Thank you, you and <laughs> happy November 1st to our listeners. <laughs> how was your Halloween? <laughs> how was your Halloween? Let us know in the comments. Are there comments on Spotify? <laughs> I don't no, think there so. Are not. Oh, man. So, yeah, Halloween, very scary time. How are you celebrating? I'm not. <laughs> I might nice. watch Hocus Pocus. Yeah. <laughs> the the horriest of horror yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Um, I'm working from 8 to 12 at the library. That's even spookier. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> You're going to fail. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, it's Halloween. A slow news week. Again, yep. Anything really? There are more rumors about Overwatch Two, which is being announced tomorrow. Yeah. Wait, In, is it tomorrow or Saturday? I was confused on like the outline of. Okay, so Overwatch does have a few panels, and there are some on Saturday, but they're not too. They're like a half hour to an hour long. My guess is it's going to be a presentation on the like opening ceremony main stage. Yeah, that's what I would BlizzCon assume tomorrow. as well. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see it tomorrow. It'll be a pretty big flagship title, because Overwatch is their biggest new property for quite a bit. Yeah. like And it's very successful, too. Incredibly successful. Still going. Uh, still new trucking version through. on anything. <laughs> I play it still, so Same. it's popular. <clears throat> I play it still, so that means it's popular. That means it's got to be popular, right, Dad? Because I only play the most popular games. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Ain't that the truth? Truth to power. Sure. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, BlizzCon is tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see if there are any lasting effects from the uh, Hong Kong situation. Oh, yeah. That's spooky. Because that just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Whoops, that's sad. But you know what? Maybe we'll see protests tomorrow. Hopefully we will. I wonder how many people are cosplaying as people with gas Pooh? masks on. Oh. Oh, well, <laughs> both, I guess. Both, why not? <laughs> Winnie Pooh with a gas mask on. Yeah. Aw. He just wanted that honey. <laughs> um. So, yeah, BlizzCon is tomorrow. Other than that, any news? Uh, no. PlayStation View, Sony's... Uh, Attempt at internet cable uh, is shutting down in January, which I have, I don't know, I tested it out, like, I think I got, like, a seven-day free trial once, and then, mm-hmm. like, I always do forget about it and have three months of it then. Yep. Um, It was okay, but, like, I don't, I don't really watch cable. Like, the cable shows that I watch, like, they just come to the next, the next day mm-hmm. on, like, Hulu, which I get through Spotify, so... That doesn't really matter. I, I I read that they are trying to focus on their gaming division because that makes them the most money, which makes sense to me. Oh, of course. Uh, meanwhile, I did not know that this program existed. So <laughs> I think their problem was that like it was called PlayStation View, so everyone probably just didn't understand what it was. Like you could have it on your <laughs> Apple TV; it was an app. 
What? You could have had it. Yeah, it was just on everything. What were they? Uh, that's such a I don't weird... think they did a very good marketing job no, of it. No, not at all. And I think the PlayStation name probably didn't do them any favors with people like Mm-mm. looking at cutting the cord. They were probably like, oh, I'd rather get slain TV, something yeah, that... Yeah, right? I don't know what they yeah. were doing. That That's a choice that they yep, made. It definitely was. Uh, video game news. Any other video game news that you can think of? Uh, another Sony thing. They just they decided to trademark PlayStation six through six through nine or six through ten. That's right, folks. You heard it here first. So Go they basically online and register uh, PlayStation Eleven. Yeah. Then you'll get them right where you want. I like them how they'll do these trademarks so far in advance. Years. Yeah, they do these trademarks so far in advance, and they act like it's a secret of like what. The next one's going to be called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why'd you trademark it then? Well, uh, you can. Uh, companies have trademarked things in the past just to stop other people from trademarking it first yeah. and using it. Like, uh, Valve trademarked Half Life 3 not too long ago, like a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. They aren't working on it, and nor should they, because the expectations for that game are way too high. Um, they're never going to release a Half-Life 3, but now no other company can trademark Half-Life 3 and make it and <laughs> smear their name with it. So, I, I yeah. kind of understand the forethought. I'm just wondering, like, do they really think they're going to... I know every single new console generation where I was like, it's the last console generation, but I really feel like this next one might be... It might be more... There might be more iterations of consoles than any other one. Like, this year we had, like, the... Uh, or this generation we had the mid-generation like refreshes of things um microsoft even did a bunch of weird stuff with like the xbox one s Mm -hmm. like they released one like without a disc drive and stuff too yeah i don't think it's going to be the last generation but i do think something major is going to change about consoles yeah um i do think there's going to be some shift i'm not fully in the industry so whatever that is i have no idea uh, but I do think something something will come to a head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess it really just depends on, honestly, like, the way things go is, like, honestly, how successful things like Google Stadia are to see, like, where yeah. everything's going. Yeah. Uh, that streaming technology, which I've been uh, using more and more on my PlayStation remote play app on my phone. It works pretty well. It does. It can... It'll get better, too. <laughs> yeah, it'll only get better with that uh, negative latency, which is, I think, what Google is saying will make Stadia work, is they've figured out negative latency. I don't know how it's going to work, either. I, I'm curious. I'm confused as to what negative latency is, because latency is the lag of uh, the input of pushing a button where you are and sending that signal to where the game is being played and then sending you the image of the result. And then the image being processed by your eyes, too, mm-hmm. is, like, another thing. Because I remember yeah. they were saying, they were like, oh, the amount of lag, like, we're going to do this mumbo-jumbo magic or whatever it is that they're doing. They're like, you won't notice it. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> so then the implication of negative latency is that they're... They're doing the reverse, and they're going to have that signal be transferred before you hit a button. So it just really sounds like they're going to predict your gameplay. Oh. If you think about it. Yeah. Like, what else would negative latency be? 
that's kind of weird for like what if <laughs> what if there's like some unpredictable players well they they're the only ones that get lagged then <laughs> Because they decided to, like, turn around and do something completely, like, unthought of. <laughs> if the Joker were to play this video game, it'd be the most lag. He doesn't have a plan. He's not like these schemers. Or people that are always like, can I climb on this? Can I do this? And, like, the game's like, oh, you can't climb on that, so why would anybody climb on that? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, negative latency. That's all the news we got. Yep. That's it. We're done. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but it is, again, our Halloween spooky episode. So let's Woo! talk about let's talk about horror games for a bit. Okay. Uh, let's talk about what we like about them, what we don't like about them. And let's start with Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> because Luigi's Mansion 3 comes out today. Are oh, you getting it? it? I want to get it, but my wallet does not want me to get it. Uh, I am in the same situation. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get it eventually. I, I know that. I'm thinking about getting it. I'm supposed to, my work owes me some gift cards for um covering shifts. They mm -hmm. said they were going to get me like some Visa gift cards. So hopefully when I get them, I should have already gotten them to me. I already covered the shift, but that's besides right? the point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I may have money coming my way that I can spend on that. Okay. I'm thinking about it. It looks nice. I think the reviews came out. It got like an eight or so yeah, out of ten. Yeah, it's in the it's in the mid eight realm, eight point five, eight that sort of area, which is not bad at all. It's no. what I expected. I didn't expect it to be a ten out of ten game. I didn't know what to expect. I haven't played any of the other ones. You've not played any of the other ones? I think what? I've played the one on Nintendo 64, but it was like at my friend's house or something. Oh, uh, well, there isn't one on Nintendo 64. Well, I played it so on whatever console he had. I don't know uh, what it GameCube? was. GameCube? No, it wasn't GameCube. It had to have been GameCube. What was I playing? No, I'm thinking of something different. I don't know. Yeah, I never you... played it. <laughs> <laughs> what we've learned is Hunter is a liar and he's badass. What I know, <laughs> what you learned was that I'm dumb. <laughs> that I don't know anything. Uh, the first Luigi's Mansion came out for the GameCube. It was, I, I want to say, one of the release games. Oh, man, I can't remember. Because obviously never I wasn't owned a game, that game into cube. video games at the time. Uh, but it was it was sort of like you're in this mansion and it was this fun thing of you go from room to room and every now and then there's a like portrait boss ghost which is a ghost that has more detail put into it because there were generic ghosts that were like oh this is just like a round thing with a sheet over it with arms and they punch you. And, like, those are all of the basic enemies. Uh, and then there are the portrait ghosts, which was like, this is a person. They had a backstory. They died in this way. And now they're haunting this mansion. Suck them up with the vacuum. <laughs> suck them suck em suck up. Suck them up. Uh, so it was super fun. Oddly dark at times. Like, the first major boss of the game is a baby called Chossie. Boss baby? Uh, ba yeah. It was Boss Baby Alec Baldwin in the GameCube. Uh, but no, it was a baby called Chauncey, which implies that this poor baby died at, as Yeah, I didn't baby. even think about that. Like, yeah, a right? ghost baby. Wait. Hey-o. Uh, obviously, boos, because it's the Mario series. There are just the boos everywhere. King Boo, which Mario Kart t World Tour has taught me is different from the other King Boo. There are two King Boos. One of them is more the Mario franchise, and the other one ha it has a purple twinge of color to him. Like, oh. his eyes are darker shadows that go down into a purple, and he, like, 
actually looks a little bit scary. Oh, okay. Like, the other King Boo is in Mario parties, and he's like, hey, fun, we're all friends here. The other one can get legitimately terrifying in Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. <laughs> uh, so I'm a fan of that. I like that a lot. It sounds nice. I don't. I never played it, so I, I don't know. <laughs> it, uh, again, it's fun. It's uh, cute. Each uh, ghost is sort of like its own puzzle of figuring out how to fight it or beat it. Uh, so in a way, it's sort of like a puzzle game, a little bit like a Ghostbusters for Mario kind of thing. Uh. And then uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which was for 3DS, also a very good game. Uh, I enjoy that one a lot. They changed it up. They gave you five mansions overall, and the mansions were level-based, which, like, wasn't too bad. I do sort of wish we still got the classic experience of just exploring oh. the full mansions on their own. Yeah. Um, but all of the mansions had wonderful amounts of work in put into them, and they had some wonderful uh, design concepts and puzzles that you could go through. Uh, and as I'm talking more and more, I'm slowly convincing myself to get Luigi's Mansion 3 <laughs> on my way I home I want it today. for Gooigi, and that's Gotta it. Gotta get that Gooigi, man. Um, but yeah, I think the the best mansion by far is the Treacherous Mansion World 5, essentially. It's like King Boo's Domain, and it is a pseudo-museum that has all of these different room types in it. So there's like... A desert area. There's a nautical area with a pirate ship in it. Um, so it's this kind of like fun thing. And then there are these wonderful moments of like when you first enter the mansion, you open the door and you shine the flashlight in, and there's nothing. And Luigi does a thing where he turns around to look uh, like behind him. And as the lens flare from his flashlight hits the camera screen, King Boo appears right behind him in the doorway. And then he turns around and he disappears behind a shadow again. So it's like, oh, that's actually scary from this cartoony Luigi game. <laughs> I like that. So like, it has these fun vibes to it. Ah. Yeah. Interesting. And the third one is a hotel. Why is it always like haunted mansions or hotels? Like, why isn't it like a haunted grocery well, store ever? Hunter, uh, I can I can tell you why. Think of a grocery store. How many rooms are in a grocery store? <laughs> How many aisles, though? There's a lot. Okay, cool. But they're all connected <laughs> by one room. So... It could be a whole chain of grocery stores. <laughs> Maybe the grocery store is in Luigi's Mansion 3, because the gimmick behind the hotel is that each floor is a different theme. Ooh, like a circus? Uh, I think there is actually a circus level. It, yeah, I would be surprised if there wasn't. Of, I might be saying, thinking of something else, but there's like there's a, a pyramid, there's medieval, there's a film studio. This sounds like a pretty good hotel until it got haunted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And they brought back more boss ghost characters because in the second one, everything was just sort of a generic ghost. Oh. And then for the bosses, it was these generic. It was these white ghosts, and the further you went in the game, the more horns they got. They were called Possessors, and the first oh. one only had, like, one unicorn bent horn, and the World 2 one had two horns, and World 3 had three horns. Uh. So it's like, you were you're fighting a five-horned ghost at the end. <laughs> and, like, the bosses were good in Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. I thought they were great, but it would have been great to have some more personality in the ghosts. Uh, but that's what we're getting now in 
uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, for instance, the film studio floor, has sort of like this director ghost that carries around a megaphone and wears a beret, and he's just trying to make his movie. In (laughs) fact, you don't even fight him at the end. You film a scene where you're like a dragon thing fighting a... Or you're fighting a Godzilla dragon suit that has a ghost in it, and that's what you fight, and then you beat it, and the director's like... Great, thank you so much. Here's the button to go to the next floor. And I think that's kind of fun. Oh, you're like getting the buttons for the elevator? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Can uh, you just I'm like. I'm buying this game. Yeah. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> What's the scariest thing that you've played? Because Luigi's Mansion is the scariest thing I've played. That's the scariest thing you've played. I played through all of Resident Evil 7, some of it in VR. Mm hmm. And the rest of it not because I was too afraid. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah, I bought that game and me and my friends were playing it. So we all like took turns like being in the headset and like playing it. And like I was kind of fine with that. But then like when it came time to like my friends went home, obviously, like they're not going to stay there for me to play through the entire no. game. God, no. So I it took me like months to actually just be like, I really like that game, though. <laughs> I want to go back and play it, but I'm too afraid to play it. Like I, I would load up the game. And, like, load into it and just, like, see, like, I remember I was stuck at this, I wasn't stuck, but, like, I was just at this part where there was just, like, some stairs and I just saw a door at the bottom. I was like, this just looks too scary. I was like, I I need to, like, turn the volume all the way down because I'm like, something's going to pop out of me. But I kind of liked how I trained myself to sort of get through the game and, like, anticipate, Mm -hmm. like, when some of the scares were going to happen. I think the freakiest part about Resident Evil 7, uh, because while I haven't played it myself... I have seen gameplay yeah. of it. I do that quite a bit for horror games because that makes them more digestible for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the scariest part is the fact that any of the menus, your like inventory menu, pause menu, those don't pause the game. Oh yeah, no, they don't. Well, that's terrifying to me. Yeah, there's certain like rooms where like there's like the save points where like you mm-hmm. know that nothing's gonna like walk in yeah. there, but. Yeah, if you need to craft something, you're you gotta go, you gotta go. Yep. <laughs> uh, my my biggest pet peeve video game mechanic in general, but most of the time it's used in horror games, is the stalking enemy mechanic. Which in Resident Evil Seven, that's what the father does. You're walking through the house, and then he's also just wandering, looking for you. Mm-hmm. In uh, Resident Evil Two, there's Mister X, who's always going through the police station trying to find you. Um, the game Hello Neighbor, where you're walking around your neighbor's house and your neighbor's trying to find you, which is a horror game because he's doing some weird demonic cult shit. Hello Neighbor is a weird game. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I thought that game was going to be like, I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but not like how I saw like a trailer of it. I was like, wait, what? I don't know, man. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, I hate that mechanic. I can't stand it. I hate having at to least hide in uh, in wait. Resident Evil Seven. It's not throughout like the whole game. Like you kind of are like aware of the spots where you need to like hide and go around mm-hmm. him. Yeah, in Resident Evil Seven, it's also uh, mainly the early game where that is too. Yeah, after that, you're pretty much like set. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a by tiny yourself. bit with uh, the mother Marguerite. Yeah, there's a little bit like every time you encounter like a new member of like the family, <laughs> there's kind of like a boss battle mm-hmm. uh, with them. Do you want to know my favorite bit of lore about Resident Evil 7, by the way? Uh, sure, what is it? So Resident Evil 7, uh, you're trying to find your wife. Uh, she is in this weird house in a deep southern swamp. 
uh, with very secluded family who has lost it. They've gone through some genetic mutation or whatever. Yeah. Because of some experiment that the Umbrella Corporation went through. Um, the, well, the daughter of the family escapes and she helps you. And it leads you to think that like, oh, every other member of this family has been infected. The brother was not infected. The brother was not driven to madness by the genetic experiment. Uh, he was hired by the Umbrella Corps to take notes on what was going on and send it back to them. So that means that the like Saw game that he makes you play in the game, that's just him. He's just messed up. Oh. Yeah. At first I was like, wait, who's the brother? But that Saw game was like my favorite part of that entire game. Oh, absolutely. Cause, was... Especially because I saw like a, a trophy where I had to complete it in like a certain amount mm-hmm. of time. And I like went back and played it because it was, it was interesting. I mm-hmm. thought it was cool. Well, because also like around that time I was like on a kick of watching all the Saw movies. So I was like, oh, I was like, this is fun. I was like, and then I thought about it. I was like, they should make like a game like that. Just Right. Just like different... where, where's that game? Where's I don't that game? Know. I know that Saw did have a game. I know it didn't do well. Yeah. That's all I know. Well, it was probably just like the game based on a movie. It wasn't like a game just for the mm-hmm. sake of being a game. True. That's a good point. Because I I used to always get disappointed in like games based on movies as a kid. Like I don't know why. I never even played it, but like the only thing that's coming to my head is Ice Age, and I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, did you ever play the Ice Age movie? Was it good? Did you like it? <laughs> uh, no. No? I, didn't, I don't... Was I it didn't... a horror game? No. Why are we talking about I, it? I'm sorry. It, <laughs> <laughs> it popped up in my head. I couldn't do anything about it. Um, I watched gameplay for Outlast 2 last night. Outlast 2 is going to be free on PS Plus this next month. It is. I'm not going to get it. Why not? Uh, no. I'm going to add it to my library. Do you Am I going to play I, it? No. <laughs> do you remember what I said about stalking mechanics? Oh, yeah, you don't like him. Outlast is entirely is, stalking mechanics. Yeah, I didn't like that about the first one. I tried to play mm-hmm. the first one. It's That worse. was scary. <laughs> yeah, it's worse in Outlast 2 because there are these, like, uh, there are some, like, you can just hide in weeds. Like, oh. there's a cornfield where you're sort of hidden the entire time, but you just can't be too loud and you can't let them see you. It's entirely stalking mechanics, and I'm not Also, about that, that game is, like, all, like, looking through a camera, otherwise you can't see anything. I do kind of like that as an idea. I don't, I just don't <clears> like <throat> having to worry about, like, getting batteries for that dumb thing. Yeah, no, that's dumb. I do appreciate, though, they do have a game mode in Outlast 2 where it's uh, story gameplay. Oh. Where you'll like, they have a, the difficulty set so that you will barely die and oh, you can just okay. walk through and hit the story beats. Um, you don't get any trophies from that, though. Oh. So. Sorry. Uh, one of the trophies in the game, though, is completing the game without hiding in any barrels or closets. And there's another one for playing it on insane mode without getting new batteries for your camera. Uh, what do you do? Turn your brightness all the way up? (laughs) (laughs) You just turn up the gamma on the game. Uh, For those of you that don't know, you have a video camera in the Outlast games, which has a night vision mode. So that's how you see the game. But the more you use it, uh, the more your battery gets drained on your camera. In reality, how much... Like battery, would that take just to simply just like you're not recording anything, you're just looking through it? 
Uh, it depends. I guess like the on night the vision. Yeah, I was gonna say if the night vision mode is like an actual like, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like, uh, hi BCA student here. Here's my <laughs> podcast. I feel like the night vision on any handheld camcorder is never gonna be as helpful as it is in those video oh, games. Oh well, yeah. Also, there's an audio mechanic in Outlast 2, and it bugged me to no end because whenever anyone made basically any sound, like if I was talking right now, that'd be peeking out the microphones, which is not how those should be set. Because, like, that should be dialogue should be set to come in at negative 12. Meanwhile, you are like. 30 feet away from some dude sitting in a chair singing his religious cult song, and that is peeking out your microphone, (laughs) that's not right. That's the demons in him that's messing with the microphone, okay? That audio is coming out distorted. I don't care. What are the cameras, the haunted part of that game? And you need it to get through it. It's the uh, Rotom, the Pokemon, right? you gotta help me out. He, I don't know Pokemon. Uh, Rotom <laughs> is a ghost electricity Pokemon oh. that takes over electronics. Spooky. Uh, he has a water form where he's a washing machine. He has a grass form where he's a lawnmower. I'm dead serious. He has a uh, flying mode where he is an electric fan. And in Pokemon Sun and Moon, he takes over the Pokedex, and he's your Pokedex, buddy. So he's an electric lawnmower when he's a uh, grass form, not a gas yeah. lawnmower? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. He's helping the environment. He really is. Uh, he's thinking ahead, man. <laughs> uh, other horror video games that are pretty big that you've played? Horror. 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 I should have thought about this more. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I also should have prepared for this more. Yeah, because uh, that's there's me. definitely some. Uh, Silent Hill. Have you played those? Oh all? well, I played PT. Oh PT. We've talked that's about one. that before. We have talked about that game. We've talked about the interesting thing too, where the uh, oh that thing's attached to your back the whole time. Yeah, the ghost is just there behind you the entire time, and you're never gonna see it. Which nope. is terrifying, yeah, and I, I like, love that. Yeah, I I like it, but that's mm-hmm. unsettling now thinking about how I played that game with that thing just attached to my back, and I'm like, what's that noise? And turn around, and there's nothing mm-hmm. there. What do you think about uh, Until Dawn? Oh, ah, that's a good one. I love Until Dawn. It's very stupid, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I loved playing it. It was fun. Until Dawn, I think, is the one game where I could actually see myself playing it, even though I don't really do horror games. Yeah, that game, it had, like, those cheap, like, kind of jump scares, but, like, they're really not, they're really just, like, easy, like, gimme-like ones that they kind of do, which I got kind of used to. I feel, I always want to go back and play that game again, because, like, it's one of those games where there's, like, five or six characters, and, like, at the end of it, you can either have everyone dead, everyone alive, or, like, anything in between that, and I think I, like, lasted the game, I think I had three people left, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. So, have you never done it perfect? Nope. I'm pretty sure I know all of the choices to make it perfect, just because I got curious and looked it up one day, and that information is still in my head. I'm never going to need it or use it, uh, but it's there. It's, it's funny because like, I picked and choose like which character, because there were some characters that like really annoyed me, and so uh, I think there was one that I... I got her killed like on purpose. I like missed a button or something because I was like, okay. I want to see what happens because she's <laughs> she's annoying me right now. Perfect. And then I felt really bad because there's this other girl that I was like, oh, I feel really bad for her. But then 
it was like, oh, go this way or or like go this way where you heard your friends or like investigate the noise. And I was like, I'm going where I heard my friends. But that was actually the like where the noise was or something. She could only hear them through like something else. So she just got her head split open by a monster. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, I was watching this one playthrough. The one problem with the game is that uh, no one, there are a couple characters that could die early on. But no one will really die until late game. Mm-hmm. Like that's when all the big ones happen. Because obviously you need characters to get through the rest of the game. Yeah. With. Um. But there was one moment where I watched a playthrough where two of them died right after each other, because uh, one of the mechanic or like one of the things about the monsters is that they can mimic your friend speaking or whatever. Yeah. Like they can mimic noises. Um. And that's supposed to be a hint that you're just supposed to always have in your mind and influence yep, the choices Yep, I think that was made. what I forgot about because I, I got Ashley, or whatever her name was, killed. I think it was Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I think it's the exact moment that you're talking about. You send her down one hallway, and then you have her investigate this little, like, trap Yeah, door that's thing, exactly what it was. And there's a monster in it, and it pops up, and it gets you. And then immediately after, you play as Ashley's love interest... And you go down the cave, and they had the option, the same exact option of which way to go, and they sent him the same way, and they had him investigate the same trap door, because they were like, it won't happen again, will it? And in their defense, they open the trap door, the monster's not there, and then they close the trap door, and the monster's behind it, <laughs> and so he dies too. That didn't. <laughs> I think Chris was one of the ones that survived for me, uh-huh. I think. Oh, I'm pretty sure I blew up. Was Chris? Chris was the guy with the glasses. I think he liked Ashley. Oh, no, I think that's Brad. Brad? There's a Brad? Is there not a Brad? I don't think so. Maybe I'm thinking of the friend I have that he looks like. <laughs> huh. I think you are because. <laughs> Did Jordan Fisher survive for you? Who's Jordan Fisher? Uh, Jordan Fisher is an actor that streams on Twitch. He played. The guy in the varsity jacket. Oh, I think he died. Maybe. That's I gotta fair. remember who it's uh it was pretty hard to keep him alive. I know like the main girl, like uh whoever what was her name? Hayden like, Sam. Yeah, she she mm-hmm. survived because yeah, I think of she course. blew up the house for me and like a yeah. bunch of people died in it. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's a great moment. And then like two other people um survived. I'm trying to think if maybe the guy in the varsity jacket was the third guy that survived. I know, um, I don't know what her name was, like Megan or something. I think she died. Madison? I don't know. Uh, this is a tough one. Did you one. play Man of Medan? No, I want to. Okay, which it's... is, uh, it's the same exact game. It's story-based, and you get choices and certain actions that you get to perform. Isn't that like And it's almost, a horror movie. Isn't it like episodic almost? Or like, no. there's like something different about it. It's the same development company, and it's their initiative of they're going to start releasing more of these, but they're Uh, going to be shorter. Okay. So Until Dawn was, I believe, five acts in all. Uh, It's about a 10, 15-hour game. Mm -hmm. Man of Medan was only three acts. Oh, okay. So it was significantly shorter. Uh, So I think they're going to churn them out faster, or at least more frequently. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I like those types of games. That was like a little bit different on like choice based yeah. stuff. Because especially because like it followed like the pacing of a horror movie like perfectly, even with mm-hmm. it being so long. Yeah, it followed a lot of tropes. It hit on a lot of different 
aspects of horror too, because yeah. they do have uh they have Rami Malik, the actual actor in oh, there yeah. from uh Mr. Robot. He is a he has declining mental health and was given the wrong medication if you look into it. If you like know anything about uh, psychoactive drugs and uh, treating depression, they flat out give him the wrong medication, so his mental state worsens or whatever. It's a horror movie; they do it as best as they can. I'm sure they got a lot wrong, um, but he wants to get revenge on his friends initially, so he turns into essentially a saw type killer where he puts like three of his friends through these games of like there are saw blades yeah. who do you choose to die so that's then, fun yeah <laughs> and then doesn't he like he like fakes his own death at some point yep, too he does he fakes but his like death. i wonder what happens like i chose to like kill him so he faked his mm-hmm. own death but like what if i chose the other person they would have just died there <laughs> well hunter lucky for you i know exactly what happens <laughs> Uh, if you choose Ashley to kill at that point, then the game, the track still swaps to kill uh, uh, Rami Malek's character. And it's like, I, I don't know what happened. I picked the other one. Ah. Um, basically, every time for the games, no one will actually die from those because they are just a part of a prank. Uh, but the action that will happen is Ashley no longer trusts Ooh. blonde hair glasses guy. Chris. Chris, yeah, sure. Uh, And so later in the game, when Chris is trying to run back into the house from fighting the actual monsters, she will not save him. And so that's the uh, implication of your actions. Oh, okay. Which is kind of interesting. I was just kind of upset that like the uh, the like murderer clown looking guy like wasn't real. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I have an itch for a game where it's uh, just one of those killers from like uh, the collector. If you've yeah. seen those movies or Jigsaw mm-hmm. kind of thing, which I guess I should really play the Heavy Rain. Oh yeah, I played a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, I've always had my interest uh, peaked, P-I-Q-U-E-D, not P-E-A-K-E-D. Uh, I've always had my interest peaked by that game, but I've, like, it's horror, so I've just sort of kept my distance. Whoops. Which game were you? Hmm? Uh, uh, for Until Dawn? For Until Dawn? What? That's I thought you, never mind. Oh, no, for Heavy Rain. Oh, that's yeah. a horror game? Uh yeah, it's a killer. It's the origami killer, I believe, in the game. Oh, I was playing. So I mean, I knew that I was kind of like investigating like murders and stuff, but it wasn't mm-hmm. uh scary. Oh really? No, I thought okay. it was. I think it's just you're like a cop or a detective. I know there is a point where you get put in a bunch of like trial serial killery rooms. Oh well, I right? guess I don't know about that then. <laughs> okay, when did you? Maybe stop I don't playing know. It? <laughs> I didn't get very far. <laughs> what were you playing it on? Were you playing it on the N64 right after <laughs> Luigi's Mansion? Yeah. Is that one? Yeah, okay. that's why. Okay. That I'm must be why. <laughs> oh, but I forgot uh, Until Dawn reminds me I played Until Dawn Russia Blood, that VR <laughs> roller coaster game. Let me tell you, that is it's a roller coaster of a game. That is uh, very different gameplay style-wise. It's... It's still scary. I don't like mm-hmm. playing it. <laughs> That's fair. I Horror games that. are awful in VR. I do not like playing mm-hmm. them. Especially, Dude, I would never do you. it by myself. Bad news for you. Uh, VR games are mainly horror games <laughs> just because of that. Even, like, it, 
it ruined VR for me because like now any game that I play, like no matter what, like if something like that I'm not expecting like pops up in the corner, it like freaks me out. I'm not. I just I can't do horror. I don't like it. I'm too attached. <laughs> Uh, I feel like the worst part is like the sound is what gets me normally like playing like one just mm-hmm. on like uh like on a screen but in VR then I can't just like it's right in your face. <laughs> I want to figure out how to program horror games to have different sound effects. Oh, like a squeaky toy or something. Yeah, like cutesy <laughs> fun sound effects and then I want to have someone play it and see if their reactions are different. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it might not be different in uh in VR if they had like those different sounds, but I feel like normally just playing in a normal setting it might have some different effects on them. So yeah, that's Halloween. Uh any other scary games? It's not a scary game, but there's in the Playroom VR, which is free for VR or PSVR owners. Mm-hmm. Um there's a mini game where you walk around like some haunted place or places I don't remember, and you suck up ghosts. <laughs> oh, that's fun! Apparently, I think it's like a it's one of those games where the people that are not in the VR headset can see where the ghost is, and they're trying to tell you like where it is. So you look around, and then you use like your weapon to like suck it up. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I actually that's love a lot that of those of a lot of those games because there's another one um, that. Uh, you are like an outlaw that goes into like kick the door down of the saloon and you're looking for like some guy <laughs> that's on a wanted poster. Everyone can see who the wanted guy is, like the different characters because they're trying to read them off to you so that you shoot the right guy, but you got to do it in like a certain amount of time. <laughs> um, I, I'm now remembering another Luigi's Mansion type thing. Do you know Nintendo Land? Like the theme park? <laughs> the No, not the actual theme park, which is a real thing that's being built yeah. as we speak. Uh, Nintendo Land, the launch game for the Wii U. Oh. Where it had a bunch of, not mini games, not full games, based on a bunch of Nintendo properties. One of them was the uh, Luigi's Mansion one, where if you have a gamepad, you're a ghost, and you're moving around the house, and you can see yourself, and you're stalking the four Luigi characters. Oh, I think I, I know what you're talking about. I feel uh, like I remember seeing this on a commercial or that something. That game was fantastic. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I'd get a group of friends over in high school, and we'd just play that game alone for hours. It was wonderful. It's Yeah, those types of games are really, they're really different. I like how mm-hmm. those can be, or the same thing with like, uh, like, Keep talking and nobody explodes like yeah, that game. Yeah, anything with an asymmetric playstyle, yeah. I am automatically very interested. Like the uh, Keep Talking Nobody Explodes, which will be featured in episode five of Downtime Woo! in four weeks, I believe. One week for episode four, and then three weeks until episode five. Four weeks. Four weeks. <laughs> uh, and Keep Talking Nobody Explodes is fun because it has a real-world element, if you want, which we're going to use because I think it's hilarious as heck. One person has a bomb on their screen that they need to defuse, and the other person has a bomb defusal manual, which is just a stack of papers with instructions of what to do for each part of the bomb. That game, <laughs> I've I've gotten through like a lot of like the... Uh beginner to like mid uh like mm-hmm. difficulty like levels but yep. then after that there's just some like 
you really got to figure like even the instructions are like kind of confusing then at that point because like before it's like oh there's three wires like if the red one's on the top or whatever then cut the red one or something like that and then there are some manual pages that are just venn diagrams oh yeah and (laughs) you just need to look and see like what areas your thing is being circled in and what you can do or sometimes like you don't you don't see anything on the bottom that has anything to do with it but it's like the letters on the battery mm-hmm. that's on the side of it yeah. is like, oh, just do this. The or one something. that's always a killer for people that I watch play is uh, the Morse code panel. Oh, I don't even know. I got to like a there's like a gas meter or something like or something like that. Really? Yeah, I don't know oh, what wow. it was. It was some weird thing that I could not figure out what it was. I was like, I don't know how to use that. I'm so excited to watch people play that game. When it, we it's really that fun, segment. like, uh, like slowly, like progressing through the levels. Because mm-hmm. I think they did a really good job of like making them just hard enough to where like you yeah. wanted to keep going. Mm-hmm. But then it gets to a point where you're like, especially if you take a huge break of like you played it and then months later you're like oh let's play that again and you're like shoot i don't know anything because like you also like the people with the manual used to be able to like remember and then once you were like all switching spots and like you kind of remembered the manual you'd be like oh i know to cut this one Mm -hmm. but i guess that's one downfall of the game too i guess like you can memorize the manual uh, I guess that's why they gave you some hard as hell panels. Yeah, so that you can't memorize that, so that you and can't it changes. That like there's the one with six code words, or six buttons with words on them. Oh and yeah. Then the up top, there's a menu thing with a word on it, and you, it's just you gotta remember, yeah, uh, or whatever. I did not explain that well at all. Very yeah, sorry I don't. About I that. I barely remember how that one works, mm-hmm. but I just remember it, like figuring all that stuff out too, because like some of the it's really complicated. It really is, and it's a lot of fun. Can you imagine programming that, like having that uh, idea and executing that game? I Oof. I can't because I could barely program a poker game for my coding class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hunter, here's a question that we usually ask at the top of the episode, but I forgot. What have you been playing recently? Ooh, um, I played. I've been playing Spyro Three. Oh, really? I went back to it because I have not platinumed it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited because um, I'm almost done with it. I almost got all the trophies, and I'm excited because all the other Spyro games, one and two, in that collection, you needed to like get every single collectible in it in order to get like the full like hundred percent and get the platinum trophy. But mm-hmm. the third one, you don't have to get everything. You just have to. There's like a oh, certain amount that you have to get, and then that opens up like the the last boss level. And then there's there's some extra stuff that you can do to get like 117 percent in the game or oh. whatever. They do some weird stuff like that because mm-hmm. I think the first one and the second one I have like 110 percent or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got the Spire games for my girlfriend Alyssa because uh, they were from her childhood. She played them, and then yeah, so I was like, oh, I'll get this for her. I'll and like we'll play this together. It'll be a fun, cute little couple thing. Um, the flying levels suck. Oh, yeah. In the first one. They, uh, the first, they yep. suck. And the second one. And the, the third, second one? The third okay. one, they're fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, but every time one of those comes up, she just, she tries it a couple times and then hates the inverted flying and the rest of it. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> forgot about that because I think it's mm-hmm. not inverted in the third one, I don't think. Oh, really? Okay. Because I didn't really notice it. But then she just hands me the controller and it's like, here you go. <laughs> the only thing is yesterday there was, I was playing it and there was, in the third one there's, the levels get complicated in the third one because there's like 
random portals they can be like multiple ones oh. also and like they'll take you to a completely different like area and nope. like that has a specific like thing that you got to do like one of them takes you in like a level two escape park and then you got to like skate on a bunch of stuff to get uh, a collectible like the one i was doing yesterday it puts you in this boss battle arena with these two dragons that are like constantly like weaving in and out of things going up and down that you get like unlimited flying and like super flame i think is what they call it and uh these dragons all they're probably like 20 different like little like pieces attached to them it's Mm -hmm. the way that they are designed and it's hard to explain but like when you hit them like a piece of it falls off and like you keep going until it's just the head flying around and then Mm -hmm. uh you destroy that and like it was taking me so long because also what i didn't realize at first was that if um if you don't destroy the dragon fast enough it regrows that part of it so i was flying around and like if i fell in the lava or something like had to get back up and like do that or like grab some health because i was gonna die because i kept getting hit with Mm -hmm. they shoot fireballs at you or whatever and i was getting so annoyed but i was like i have to do this because the trophy for that one level was just defeat the two dragons and i was like no it's like i don't wanna (laughs) it took me way too long that sounds like a nightmare. Can't wait to face that. <laughs> uh, playing anything else, though? Uh, some Overwatch, some Call okay. of Duty, some Spider-Man, nice. some Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I need to get back into that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I tried to... I did a little bit more like side quests for the um, DLC for it that I never finished. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot how much I really enjoyed the combat of that game. Because, like... These huge machines that you come in contact with, they just, it takes like 20 minutes to like kill them. And it's, I I like doing that. I don't know. Just the way, the way it happens. I always just try to rush it. Well, also those things, like they have certain like move sets where like I got to like run around or like they like stab their claws into the ground. Like the whole ground like turns Mm -hmm. to like lava where I'm standing and it's, it's difficult, but I don't know. It's like it's really rewarding because it's it's like super hard but mm-hmm. very manageable if you are doing what you're supposed yeah. to like dodging at the right times. I need to get back into that game. I I just need to. It's been too long. I tried to play The Last of Us also recently cuz I want to and... I want to re I want to replay it. Well, I'm mad at myself because for some reason I get I must have messed up my save because it didn't give me an option to start a new game plus. Mhm. And so I just decided to start it over, and I was like, I want to play it in, like, a harder difficulty. I started out playing it on the, the hardest one, like, survival difficulty, but what I didn't realize uh, was that they take away, like, Joel's, like, ability to hear, like, through walls, and that is, that's that's very important survival, to get through combat uh, Survival difficulty for The Last of Us takes your video game and turns it into real life. Like this is what your experience would be if you were actually going. No, that's this. that's grounded mode. Oh, that's grounded. Yeah, oh, survival okay. mode. Like you still have like you can still like see your crafting menu mm-hmm. and like still see your little like health at the bottom. But that's it. You can't really do anything. Okay. You can't hear through walls. It doesn't really give you very many hints mm-hmm. or bullets. <laughs> I everyone says that I was actually pretty okay on ammo throughout most of Last of Us. Yeah, it depends how you want to play it. Mm-hmm. Which also, I didn't realize, like, 
I wasn't getting the tutorials because, like, I couldn't remember exactly, like, how the stealth, like, attacks work. So I pressed triangle to grab somebody, and then, like, I forgot that, like, you got to, like, either hit or tap square to, like, suffocate them. So I just, mm-hmm. like, grabbed him, and I thought he was going to do the rest. <laughs> oh, no. But, no, that did not happen. The worst That's part was, like, funny. it was, like, an infected person, too. So, like, then they just turned around and, like, bit me. Gave him a hug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch, and then also, of course, more Batman. Ooh. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight, which takes place on Halloween. Ooh. Yay! And Spooky. it does, it does have some fun, like, jump scare stuff. Like, the side quest with Man Bat is introduced, uh, when you grapple up to a building, you get so used to grappling and then launching off to glide through the city. There's a point in the game where when they want to trigger this for the first time, uh, you grapple up to the top of the building, and then the camera does a fast zoom in to this grotesque, gigantic bat creature that screams in your face and flies away. I think I know exactly what you're talking about, and I was not happy when that happened, because I was like, what was that? I (laughs) love it. I think it's great. Uh, And then you fight Man Bat. Not really fight. I guess figure out that he's a depressed scientist that was losing his hearing and went insane and turned into a bat. It's fine. It's Batman. <laughs> uh, anyways, I think that'll do it for us this week. Uh, Hunter, thanks for being on again. You're welcome. Have I ever thanked you for being on the podcast? Um, No, <laughs> I don't think so. But I think it's because we, we are the podcast. We are the podcast. Thank you for being the podcast with me. We are one with the podcast. We are one. Uh, if you want to follow either of us on Twitter, I'm Billy the Nut. I'm Miss Hunter Stood. Uh, thank you for listening, and hopefully you get to spend some more of your downtime in the future with us. Spooky. Spooky. Spooky.